The scripture comes from Luke chapter 1, verses 46 to 55. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed, for he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him, from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones, and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his offspring forever. What do you hope for Christmas? Hope. Hope. Hope sounds great. But it has faded in meaning, isn't it? Like a love, we say hope a lot without mean it, right? I hope you have a good day. I hope you have a great Christmas. Even sometimes I say, I hope you have a good recovery from surgery. But what does our hope really mean or do? Isn't it just a mundane expression for indefinite expectation? What do you really mean by hope? We celebrate Christmas. For Jesus become our hope. But what this hope really is, Jesus Christ. Jesus came. But things hasn't changed much. We were, we are, and we will be in pain and despair. And we are still desperate in the sins of this world. Hunger, disease, oppression, war. So people hope for almost hope, almost hope, which is, doesn't mean anything. Because they don't really care what they hope for. Well, I hope, whatever. 
What do we hope for Christmas? It is salvation. God saved us by turning the whole world upside down. To do this mission impossible, God chose the most unlikely ones, disqualified by the world, because they welcome Jesus. They believed in Jesus. And they did what God desires. God brought Jesus Christ into the world through Mary, a young, poor girl. Angels came to the shepherds, the despised, to deliver this breaking news to Mary and Joseph and the whole community. They shouldn't be in community because they were considered as unclean people. But they went into the village and praised the Lord. And it was not the king of Israel, but the foreign magi to come and worship the newborn king. And it was a manger in Bethlehem, the small town, nobody cares. It was not a crib in a palace of Jerusalem. And they changed the world, the most unlikely ones. Because the hope of Christmas is altogether hope. True hope requires pain and despair. I'm sure you have been in pain, such a grave pain and despair. And I'm sure you hope seriously. And God felt our pain, and God saw our despair, and He suffered. God suffered and responded to us. That's Christmas. Altogether hope is the only antidote for our despair and sin. Jesus came and joined our faith. To be our hope. So we call him Emmanuel, God with us. People have hope when people do 
together and suffer together. Join their faith together. So to celebrate Christmas, we must embrace struggle. Embrace struggle, others' struggle, and my struggle, and feel the pain of mine and others. This is Christmas. Christ worship. All together hope. Mary lived in a small town called Nazareth. Still, Nazareth today is a very poor town. It means her family was poor. Very poor. And she was engaged to a much, much older man, Joseph, without her choice. Was a family choice. Maybe because she was too poor. So she had to marry this older man. And one day God sent Gabriel, angel, to her and said, Oh favored one, the Lord is with you. What kind of favor is this? What kind of favor is this? A betrothed woman being pregnant and it is disgraceful in their culture she could have been stoned to death what kind of favor is this and her baby is son of God and his, her baby will be the king of Israel what kind of joke is that right So she asked, how will this be since I'm a virgin? She must have been scared to death. Right? But this is life. She's not alone. We've been to, we've been there. The scary moment, fearful moment. Despair. It is our reality. Being mortal. Right? So we have to encounter absurd, nonsense, unfair situations continuing in our life. No matter what we do. We have to face that. That's our life. Fear, pain, despair is inevitable. The question is how Mary turn her fear into courage and accept the fact. Right? 
The answer is hope. Altogether hope. If she focused on herself, she could not accept this. No matter what. I mean, even she's poor whatsoever. She doesn't want to get killed, being disgraceful, shunned by the community. She doesn't want that. But what made her mind changed and even praised the Lord? Because she focused on the altogether hope for everyone in pain and despair. Mary praised, My soul magnifies the Lord. My rejoice is in God, my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me. And holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance his mercy. Mercy. Watch mercy. We deserve. But often we don't get it. Mercy is what we deserved. That's the world. That's reality. What's grace? We, we don't deserve, but we receive. That's grace. She remembered the mercy. But in reality, she didn't get mercy. Her life was merciless. But she, somehow she believed what the angel said. Because it's our nature. It is the image of God. It is paradox. The hopeless hopes for others. The despair fills the pain of others more. Statistically, even in our country, poor people donate more than the rich people. Because they know how it is being poor, being helpless, being hopeless. Because in the absence of God, people long for and God is right there. Altogether, hope is transcending 
my hope, my expectation, myself, for others. That's altogether hope. The world is full of pain and despair. But where is Christmas? Where is hope of Christ in this world? Eighteenth century British people suffer. exploitation of labor. Cities were full of poor people from the rural because the machinery replacing people in agriculture. So many millions of people went to cities to work. But life in the city were terrible. Because they were way underpaid or unemployed. Even many children suffer this labor, exploitation of labor. But the Church of England didn't respond to the hopeless society. So John Wesley said this if there are so many Christians, why are people still hungry and thirsty? Why is there slavery? Why isn't Christ's presence, presence felt in prison? So he preached people to practice their faith by responding to the needs of the people of England. He called it the means of grace. The means of grace is the way to experiencing God in a two-way, the works of piety and works of mercy. So we have to Christian, we have to balance, Methodists, we have to balance Working on our piety, worship, prayer, study Bible, witnessing people. On the same time, we have to doing good, visiting the sick, those in prison, feeding the hungry, giving generously, seeking justice for the discriminated, the oppressed. And it became national movement. I guess politically they didn't unite the kingdom. But Methodism united because the Methodist movement went to Ireland, Scotland, Wales, everywhere. It is a movement change the world. It's not doctrine. It's not denomination. It's not buildings. It's a movement in people's spirit. The movement. 
Jesus Christianity was a movement, but we made into institution. That's why church is struggling. Because it became doctrine, became denomination, became building. So some say, Methodist movement saved England from the bloody revolution to become a modern nation. All other European countries went through bloody revolution. But we have to ask ourselves, today, if there are so many Christians in our country, why are people still hungry and thirsty? Why are people still shooting each other and killing each other? We can just keep praying, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done here on earth. We must bring kingdom down by doing His will. Into our community, into our country, if we still believe Christ is the only hope, it has to be altogether hope by embracing the most unlikely ones, the poor and needy, the marginalized, outcast. Remember, God's preferred interests are always the poor and needy. Because we were poor and needy. And Christ will be there, the strangest place where nobody would go. Jesus became friends of the outcasts of the society. But where are the Christians through this Christmas time? Where many Christians looking for Christ in their own sanctuary, where it's comfortable, secured, familiar, clean, wealthy, and safe. We worship on Sunday in this beautiful sanctuary. As rally. It's like a homeroom. When you go to school every morning, you gather in the homeroom. You, you stay the whole day? No. You have to go to your class. But this Sunday worship is our rally, our homeroom. And the rest of the week is our true worship, encountering those poor and needy, people in pain, in despair. Because God is there. And God is here too. 
But you will see. You will experience God more vividly and powerfully in the place. It's not only like homeless shelter, soup kitchen. No. Whoever the lonely, the sick, despair, discouraged, disconnected, fragmented peace in your family, in your company, and you are there for the reason, for the people. And that is a that is a Christmas Christ worship. It is like a quilt. I'm sure you love quilt. How amazing the quilt is. Right? As a piece where in different size Different shape, in color. Maybe we are. Individually, we are not so useful. Or even, we are useless. By the perspective of the world, as a piece, we are useless. But when we are quilted together, we become wonderful, beautiful, meaningful, purposeful, and powerful. Quote. All together, we are perfect. All together, we are perfect. And we are the great hope of Christmas for the people. So that's why we invite people. Not into this sanctuary, you know, 8.30 in the morning on Sunday. But your Monday, your Tuesday, to your living room or, you know, like restaurant somewhere, other choice or, you know, even in front of Wawa. I see always some guys standing in front of Wawa and having coffee. I think it's some kind of small group there. Yeah. That's where you invite them into your life. Yes, we've been taught not to do that. Inviting unfamiliar, strange, or unknown person into our life is not an appropriate thing in this world. But we are not following the pattern of this world. We have to invite them into your personal life. Your Tuesday morning, Tuesday afternoon, you know, Wednesday morning. Then we become quilted. So they also become altogether whole of Christ for the world. In this bulletin today, there are reflection questions for today's message. 
So I encourage you ponder upon these questions throughout this week. But you know, to ponder these questions, you have to survey yourself first. How much pain I am. And I am in despair. Even though you don't have any health issue or financial issue whatsoever, but we are all in the same fate. We are all in need of salvation. So look at yourself first and look at this question. Think about a situation in your life that has seemed hopeless. In what way did you make your way through? What strange places are you willing to go for hope to be reborn? In what ways can you embody hope for those who have been marginalized within your friends and family and in our community?